All right, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody wants to know my thoughts on the Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier trilogy, uh, my thoughts on the fight. Um, so first of all, let's give a little bit of props to Conor McGregor. He came out with an excellent strategy. He came out with leg kicks. He came out with like three spinning back kicks in the first round. He used the front kick. He used all of his kicks, which is absolutely what he should have done. Uh, that's what he should have done in his second fight with Dustin Poirier. Um, he should have used his, you know, his MMA skills. Because the thing about Conor, Conor had this illusion that he was this amazing boxer. I mean, from MMA standards, Conor is probably one of the best boxers in MMA history. Um, but as far as him being a pure boxer, like on the levels Manny Manny Pacquiao or Floyd Mayweather, or any of these very high level professional boxers, he's just not. He never will be. Um, that's just not who he is. And um, he's a, he's a mixed martial artist, so. His excuse for losing the, the second match with Dustin Poirier was that he was preparing for Manny Pacquiao. And a lot of people say that that is BS. But if you watch the second fight, Conor McGregor came out like a boxer. He didn't throw very many kicks in the first round. I think he threw maybe one kick in the first round, if that. Um, I think it was a spinning heel kick. But he came out like a boxer. His stance was like a boxer. He was working specifically with his boxing coach from Ireland. From I believe from Dublin specifically, he was an old boxing coach from when he was in high school. Um, so he came out, you know, more of a boxer in that fight. And he says that he was preparing for Manny Pacquiao. So he said that that was like a 75% MMA camp. So I, I tend to believe that that's actually true. And um, in his third fight, he made the corrections. He came out like an MMA fighter. He threw spinning back kicks, leg kicks, front kicks. He, he had a beautiful arsenal of kicks against Dustin Poirier, which worked very well. Now, the big question is, what happened when Connor was pushed up against the fence and Dustin Poirier went for a takedown? When Dustin Poirier went for the takedown, Connor McGregor, instead of defending the takedown, he went for a guillotine and pulled guard, which was an absolutely terrible idea. Um, Connor McGregor's coach insisted that this is something they worked on. He says that uh, Connor McGregor has a very strong guillotine, but I mean, just. Anybody that's a real MMA fan can look at this situation and say, wait a minute, Conor McGregor is not going to submit Dustin Poirier, who's one of the best submission artists at the 155-pound division. Somebody who's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I do not see Conor McGregor ever submitting Dustin Poirier with a guillotine. And on top of that, if you watch my previous podcast, you'll know my position on the guillotine choke. It's a very uh, controversial choke. It only works for a few fighters in MMA for the most part, um, you know. The guillotine, the head tends to pop out a lot in the guillotine. And if you go for the guillotine choke, you put yourself in a bad position if you pull guard in the guillotine choke. Because once the head is popped out, uh, your opponent is now on top of you. You expended a tremendous amount of energy choking your opponent with a guillotine choke. You squeeze that person's neck. And now the person on top of you is on top of you and you're out of the submission. And you just expended a tremendous amount of energy squeezing that person's neck. Now that person is going to rain down bombs on you. And you're going to be exhausted by using all your energy squeezing that person's neck. So I've never been a big fan of the guillotine. The only guillotine that I really like is the standing guillotine, which is what Connor's coach uh, explained that, you know, he thought that Connor should have went for the guillotine standing instead of pulling guard. Now, the only other explanation we could think is that maybe, um, you know, maybe the Connor's you know, leg was injured at this point. Maybe he was in excruciating pain. And maybe he, he wanted to pull guard or, you know, but knowing Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor is kind of a, a, a um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's kind of a, a, a unpredictable fighter, to say the least. 
And, you know, he's he's very aggressive in the first two, three rounds of his fights. That's why he's so exciting. That's why he's so famous. That's why he made such a big name in MMA because he's so he's so um, unpredictable and so, so aggressive in the first two rounds. So it might have just been the heat of the moment. You know, he was landing all these beautiful kicks. He came out extremely aggressive, as he always does. And now he's pushed up against the fence and he's just, you know, his adrenaline's rushing and he's just so excited. He just he wants to go in for the kill with the guillotine. But let's be honest, this this is either a terrible strategy or it was a terrible mistake, one or the other. If that was a strategy, that was absolutely ridiculous for his coaches to think that he could submit Dustin Poirier with a guillotine. I mean, when I was watching the fight and he went for the guillotine, I was literally saying, like, what are you doing? I was, you know, I was disappointed. I was like, what are you thinking? What are you doing? Um, that was a terrible mistake. He should have never went for the guillotine. If that was part of the game plan, that was a terrible game plan. Um, you know, that, that's just not smart at all. He should have defended the takedown. And you know, try to get, you know try to keep the feet keep the fight on the feet. But to rewind the the tape a little bit, before Conor McGregor went for the you know went for the guillotine, Conor McGregor got rocked with a few punches by Dustin Poirier, and he clinched up with Dustin Poirier, and that's when Dustin Poirier went for the takedown. It wasn't like Dustin Poirier just went for the takedown out of the blue. Dustin Poirier landed a couple good shots on Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor got rocked. Conor McGregor panicked. He clinched with uh, you know Dustin Poirier to catch his breath, catch his wind. After getting rocked, and Dustin Poirier utilized that, went for the takedown, and pushed him up against the fence, and then Conor went for the guillotine. So that being said, you know that makes me think that Dustin Poirier would have won the fight regardless because Dustin Poirier, you know, rocked Conor with a couple of shots. I mean, Conor McGregor came out beautiful spinning back kicks, beautiful leg kicks, beautiful front kicks. I think he threw a head kick as well, and then he landed a couple of punches on him too, I believe. But, um, you know, Dustin Poirier just connected with two punches. I think, he, you know, he returned maybe like one leg kick. He wasn't as aggressive as Connor. He just, you know, kept his composure. Really only, you know, threw a couple counter punches and boom, Connor's rocked in the first round already. So that's that's not a good sign for Connor McGregor. You know, he's, he's he has to have a better chin than that. I mean, to just only get hit with two punches like that in the first round and then, you know, just immediately have to go for the clinch after getting rocked like that. That's not a good sign. That makes me think that Connor McGregor's chin is going. So that was not a good sign. Um, you know, once Conor McGregor failed the guillotine, you know, he went to the ground, you know, obviously Dustin Poirier's head popped out. He started raining down, you know, tremendous punches on Conor McGregor, tremendous punches. Uh, Conor did a decent job of defending himself. Uh, he threw some decent up kicks. I think he landed a couple up kicks. You know, Dustin Poirier's complaint was that, uh, Conor McGregor was using his, uh, fingers to interlace the gloves of Dustin Poirier to, you know, use, basically use his gloves as leverage to pull him back down. So he could, you know, land his his up kicks on Connor on Dustin Poirier's face. So you know, Connor is you know known for doing you know dirty stuff like that. He's an aggressive fighter. He fights to win. So I'm I know that Poirier is telling the truth in that situation. You can almost see it on the camera. He's you know using his fingers to pull you know Dustin down. I'm not gonna really fault Connor for that because whatever you fight to win, and yeah, there's all there's always gonna be little dirty tricks in MMA like that. Um, Connor also threw some really cool elbows from the bottom, but you know, once again, you know, just a, a decent lesson on gravity there. Uh, punching from the bottom is not going to generate as much power as punching from top position. I mean, this is gravity. You know, you're punching down as opposed to up. So yeah, it looked cool. Maybe it did a little bit of damage, but ultimately, you want to be on top position if you're landing punches from guard. So Dustin Poirier definitely got the better exchange of Conor McGregor on the ground, rained down some really powerful punches. Yes, Connor did a good job of defending himself, but at the end of the day, Connor still got hit with some powerful elbows and punches. And the proof of it is that Connor McGregor's ears started bleeding. 
So, yeah, it was not good. He was losing the first round. Uh, you know, the judges scored it at 10-8. A lot of the judges scored it at 10-8 the first round. Um, then, you know, the freak, the freak accident we all have to talk about. So, you know, Dustin Poirier is raining down a lot of powerful punches on Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor is doing a pretty good job of defending himself. He's landing a couple up kicks. You know, he's, he's playing a little dirty, using his fingers to try to interlace the gloves of, um, you know, trying to put his fingers underneath uh, Dustin Poirier's gloves to pull him down into a position where he can land the up kicks. Dustin Poirier's trying to complain about this to the ref. And then, uh, you know, Dustin Poirier finally says, screw it, I'll let him up. So they let Conor McGregor up. They exchange a couple more punches and a kick. And then um, they both throw punches simultaneously. They both miss. It looks pretty cool, like a movie or something, or like a video game. They both throw punches at the same time, and they both miss. Conor pivots off of his back foot, and then his leg literally, I mean, his ankle literally, like, folds underneath him. It's really gross if you see the video. His ankle literally folds underneath his leg. He falls down to the ground. And then uh, Dustin Poirier capitalizes with a couple of punches. And it looks like he's going to TKO Conor, and then the, the round ends. And I really didn't know what was happening in the heat of the moment. But, you know, as soon as, you know, the round ended, you know, the cameras kind of zoomed in on, on Conor McGregor and he couldn't get back to his feet. And then uh, the camera kind of zoomed into his ankle. And then uh, we immediately knew that the fight was over. The referee said that the fight was over. They said that something was wrong with his foot or his ankle or his leg. Conor's screaming in pain. And then the fight is ended. They show the replay. We see that his ankle folds underneath his leg. It's really brutal. It's really disgusting. So that's how the fight ended, and um, it was you know it was very unfortunate for the fans. It was very unfortunate for everybody. Very unfortunate for Dustin Poirier. Very unfortunate for Conor McGregor. Very unfortunate for everybody in the sport. Um, you know, do I think that Conor McGregor was going to win that fight? Absolutely not. And I'm a huge Conor McGregor fan. I was rooting for him to win. I mean, realistically, Dustin Poirier would have won because he won their previous match. I mean, he's he's been consistent in his career for the last ten years. He hasn't had time off. You know, Conor McGregor's had a lot of time off. Conor McGregor lost his last fight against Khabib. Um, you know, he, he hasn't had the best track record. He lost his last fight with Dustin Poirier, so he's lost two fights in a row in MMA. Um, and one of the, you know, one of the reporters in the press room had a good point and, you know, made Conor McGregor mad by saying he hasn't won a match since Barack Obama was president, which is, which is hilarious. Um, so, yeah, you know, you know, Conor McGregor has not been on a great win streak here. And, um... You know, it was just unfortunate. I don't think he would have won the fight. I would have liked to see a clean win for either one of the fighters either way. Uh, Conor McGregor looked like he was extremely focused for this fight. I think that his striking looked pretty decent, but I don't think he's the same Conor McGregor. I don't think he can... T I think the main thing is I don't think he can take a punch anymore. Now, I don't know if he could ever take a punch, but, you know, because he was, you know, he's pretty aggressive. You know, he never really took a lot of hard punches in his career. He was a very aggressive moving forward fighter who was very good at dodging punches so I don't know if he's ever really been able to take that many punches. Even when he fought Nate Diaz, he never really took any brutal punches. Now, when he fought, you know, Nate Diaz the second time in the third round, you know, Nate Diaz really rained down some really powerful, not powerful punches. He rained down a huge flurry of punches on him. But if you watch that fight, those punches didn't really hold that much power. And it did look impressive that Conor McGregor survived the flurry of punches from Nate Diaz for 30 seconds. But even then, those weren't the most powerful punches. So it's hard to say. I don't know. If, if Conor McGregor's chin is still there. And the reason why I say this, when you train a lot in boxing and striking and things like that, your chin tends to go very easily. And um, he's been training a lot and focusing a lot on boxing. And that tends to make your chin go. And also just, you know, being up in age, you know, your body doesn't stay at, a, at an elite level forever. Now he's 32 years old. 
uh, different fighters, their their bodies age at different levels. You know what I mean? So I was not confident that Conor McGregor would have won that fight. But yes, anything is possible. And to be fair, to give Conor some credit, he did, you know, he did, you know, have a heavy, heavy flurry of punches land on him when he was on the bottom. And um, he was able to take those punches and he did not look like he was unconscious or anything like that. And then even after he broke his ankle, you know, Dustin Poirier followed up with a couple more powerful shots. And Conor McGregor was still very much so conscious and very much so alert, even after getting punched, you know, while his ankle is broken, and he can't defend himself. So, um, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but it looks like Conor McGregor cannot take any any uh, really serious punches anymore. And to be fair, Poirier is a monster. Dustin Poirier is a monster. He's, you know, he's gonna probably going to be the next, you know, lightweight champion. If he beats Charles Oliveira for the belt, um, he's in that position for a reason. He's no slouch. He's an extremely powerful puncher. So I want to give all the credit to Dustin Poirier. He's a tremendous A-level athlete. It's not like just Connor's just, you know, washed up. No, Dustin Poirier is, is an extremely valid contender. He's earned his spot. He is definitely an A-level, you know, MMA fighter. Definitely top of the food chain level MMA fighter. He's earned his position 100%. So I don't want to take anything away from Dustin Poirier. He's earned his position. He's, you know, just as good as Conor McGregor, if not probably more. Realistically, he's probably a much better fighter than Conor McGregor at this point. Um, it's very unfortunate for Conor McGregor. And to be you know, specific, he broke, I believe they said it was his tibula. And I'm not familiar with, you know, I'm not an expert on bones and things like that. I think that's just kind of like the shin bone that connects, you know, your foot to your, to your leg, essentially, in the front. But he broke his tibula. And Dustin Poirier said that he believes he broke his, his uh, tibula early on in the fight. And you can actually watch the replay. You know, Dustin Poirier points to his ankle after he, after he believed that Conor McGregor hurt it. And I, I do believe that. I think that Conor McGregor probably checked one of those, you know, I think he probably broke his tibula when he checked one of those kicks from uh, Dustin Poirier. When Dustin Poirier checked one of the kicks that Conor McGregor threw, Conor McGregor was throwing a lot of kicks. And he probably, you know, fractured part of his tibula early on. And, you know, as the fight progressed, it probably just fully broke. Once he put pressure on it with his foot and pivoted off his foot to throw a punch. So, you know, he was probably injured early on in the injury. just got worse as, as the fight went on. And um, it's just very unfortunate. Now, looking at Connor's career, do I think he can make a comeback? Absolutely. I think he can. Is he going to ever retain the title? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think he's even on the same level as, you know, Dustin Poirier or Charles Oliveira, to be honest with you. But anything is possible. Um, I would like to see a more humble version of Connor, and I know Connor has every reason to not be humble right now because he can make the argument that well I was going to win that fight, but I hurt my ankle, so you know he has the the very perfect valid excuse for now. But I would have liked to see him. I, I don't want to say I would like him to see him lose, but if he lost to Dustin Poirier fair and square, there'd be no more excuses, and hopefully that would give him some humility, and he could realize you know you know I need to improve on my techniques. I need I need to earn my spot in MMA. Or I just need to retire. I'm worth $100 million. I did everything for this company. There's no reason for me to be getting injured and fighting full force like this when I have a family at home. And I'm worth over $100 million, you know, but that's just how life goes. And who knows? Maybe Conor McGregor would have won in the second round. I highly doubt it personally because he was getting rocked very badly in the first round. And Conor McGregor, everybody knows he's most dangerous in his first round and his second round of his fights. And he was already getting rocked in the first round, so I don't think he would have made a great comeback in the second round. But who knows? Maybe those leg kicks, those you know spinning back kicks, those head kicks, maybe everything would have you know added up and, and did some damage to Dustin Poirier in the second round. You know what I mean? You never know.
But I don't know what's next for Conor McGregor. He's probably going to have a recovery month of probably at the very least a year. It's probably going to be another 18 months before he's really ready to fight again. You know, if he fights next year, it's going to be very late in the season. Probably, you know, around, you know, probably around, you know, fall time, September, October, November, December. That would be my guess. And we don't know if he's ever going to be the same level of a fighter after that. You know, once you have a major injury like that, it's hard for people to come back. You know, that's that's a tibula bone. He's going to have rods. He's already had he already had surgery the day after he broke his tibula. So, I mean, you, you never know if he's going to be the same after that. That's the bone that directly connects your foot to your leg. I mean, that's a lot of pressure. And you have to be able to bounce off of that leg. You have to be able to throw powerful kicks off of that leg. You have to be able to be very, you know, agile and bounce off the balls of your feet on that leg. And, you know, Conor McGregor has great footwork and he has very good kicks. So if his leg doesn't make 100% recovery, he may never be the same level of a fighter. And there's a lot of holes in Conor McGregor's games. You know, he's not a high-level grappler. He's not a high-level wrestler. He's a very high-level striker. But that's really all he has. And there's plenty of fighters out there that can match Conor McGregor's striking. Now, I, I truly believe he's not as sharp as he was before he had his fight with you know Floyd Mayweather and he made all that money and he was extremely focused on his his craft. I don't think he's that same fighter anymore. I don't think he has the same chin. I don't even think he has the same reflexes. Now it's very easy to, you know, talk negatively about a fighter after they lose a fight and it's very easy to put doubt into a fighter. That's kind of what fans do, including myself. So who knows, maybe he'll come back. But it's gonna be harder and harder as, as time progresses and you know he's gonna have a lot of times off to relax and, and work on recovering from this injury. So who knows, maybe he'll get more lazy and lethargic and enjoy his time off with his family and, you know, in, in the comfort of his mansions and his yachts and all this money he has around him. But who knows, maybe it'll motivate him more. Maybe maybe he'll go insane and focus all his energy on his rematch. But I, I don't think it's looking good for Conor McGregor. Um, obviously, they're going to have a rematch because... Conor McGregor is the biggest pool for that division. That's going to be probably in a year and a half, and a lot of things can happen a year and a half from now. Uh, maybe, maybe Charles Oliveira will defeat you know Dustin Poirier by then. Maybe Dustin Poirier won't be the next contender. Either way, eventually, I, I believe they will have a rematch, and um, they both admitted that they're going to have a rematch. You know, Dana White says that there will be a rematch. I guarantee you, there's going to be a rematch. But the rematch hopefully will show you know Conor McGregor where he's at, and, and maybe it'll bring some humility to him. Um, there's been a lot of criticisms of Conor McGregor in this fight. I mean, he said some very foul things about Dustin Poirier. He talked about his wife. He said that his wife was in his DMs. That's what he said after the fight, after he broke his tibula. Obviously, he was very bitter and angry that he lost the fight. He didn't show good sportsmanship like Conor usually never does. Um, even before the fight happened, um, you know, Conor was saying stuff about him in the press conference. He was making jokes about his wife, which is, you know, that's kind of messed up. But that's just the kind of person Conor McGregor is. He tries to get under his opponent's skin. He said, you know, he said that his wife is his husband, basically saying his wife is the, um, you know, the wife is the one calling the shots, essentially, which is kind of a low blow, but whatever. That's just Conor McGregor. You know he's going to talk a lot of trash. Um, he came out in this press conference very aggressive. In the first press conference, you know, well, the second press conference, because really they fought three times. The last fight they had um, in the press conference, you know, Conor was very respectful. He was saying he was going to donate to his charity. They were saying a lot of good things about each other. They were shaking hands. He was promoting uh, Connor, uh, Dustin's uh, hot sauce. And in this press conference, he was saying, you know, F your hot sauce. You know, he was very hostile because he's trying to bring out his competitive side, as Connor does when he's getting ready for competition. He realized that him being, you know, professional and polite is not bringing out his best focus for MMA. So he came out more aggressive and hungry. 
in this training camp, he was away from his family. He was trying to focus more on MMA and, you know, just he was really trying to bring out that hunger that he had in the old Conor McGregor. Everybody has been criticizing Conor, saying that the old Conor McGregor is not there anymore. And really, he's not because he's worth $100 million now. And it's not even just that. Uh, time has progressed and he hasn't been fighting actively for the last couple of years. He had a really good finish on Donald Cerrone, but Donald Cerrone is close to retirement. Donald Cerrone has lost, I believe, four fights in a row. Donald Cerrone is pretty much being forced to retire at this point. Um, so that that's not really that great of an impressive of a win for somebody of the caliber of, of uh, Conor McGregor. So he hasn't been consistent. Um, you know, he had that fight with Khabib. He lost. He didn't fight for another year after that because of COVID in 2020. Then he came back and fought Donald Cerrone, which really doesn't mean much because he wasn't, you know, wasn't even in that that division, and he was old and he was on a losing streak. So, I mean, we'll we'll see what's next for Conor McGregor. We'll see if he can redeem himself. Um, you know, he's a huge pull to the company, um, but we'll see what happens next for him. I I think it's pretty cool to watch him fight Dustin Poirier because they they match up very evenly, um, especially because Dustin Poirier is not like a very high level wrestler like Khabib. Like Khabib, Khabib, Khabib completely mauled Conor McGregor. I mean, he took him down fairly easily. He grounded and pounded him. He submitted him. I mean, there's just no question that Khabib completely dominated Conor McGregor. There's nothing fluke about that fight at all. But with Dustin Poirier, they're a better matchup because they're both strikers. You know, Conor believes he has the edge in striking. Honestly, I think Dustin Poirier is a better striker, but they still have the competitive edge where they can line up in striking. Um, you know, Dustin Poirier is not as good of a wrestler as uh, Khabib, certainly. So, you know, Connor can actually defend the takedowns if he wants to against uh, Dustin. And uh, their, their previous fight before this one, uh, you know, Dustin took down Connor pretty easily. But Connor got back to his feet pretty easily, and Connor actually pushed him up against the fence. So it's not like, you know, Dustin Poirier is going to really overpower Conor McGregor, like Khabib did. I mean, Khabib just, you know, pretty much, you know, dominated, you know, Conor McGregor in grappling, you know, slowly suffocated him, slowly sucked the air out of him, grounded and pounded him viciously, even knocked him out on, even dropped him on the feet and eventually submitted him with a rare naked choke. But I mean, at least with Dustin Poirier, he has a chance to defend the takedown. And, you know, Dustin Poirier is not the highest level wrestler in the game, even though he's a very high level Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioner. You know, you know, Conor McGregor has a better chance of stopping the takedowns of Dustin than he does certainly of Khabib. So it's a much more competitive fight. They line up very evenly. Um, plus, you know, Conor, you know, he TKO'd him the first time they fought, even though that was a very long time ago. It still gives him a little bit of a motivation to say, hey, I can beat this guy again. So they, they match up very even, evenly. That's why it's a very exciting fight. Um, but we will see what happens in the rematch. Um you know, Dustin Poirier handled himself very, very uh, professionally and very maturely. Um, you know, he showed a lot of class. Uh, he, he said that he was more upset about, you know, Conor McGregor making threats, saying that he was going to, you know, kill him. He was going to murder this guy. He was going to go out in the coffin. You know, that really upset Dustin Poirier because Dustin Poirier had a good point. He said that, you know, somebody could actually die in that cage. Somebody could actually, you know, get killed. You know, you shouldn't say things like that because there are freak accidents where people get hit certain parts of their head and they have concussions or a blood vessel pops in their, their head or something and they have internal bleeding. Like, things do happen. People do die in, in high-contact sports like that. So, you know, Dustin Poirier was upset with him saying things like that. And um, he said he wasn't actually too upset about him making comments about his wife because, you know, he knows that his wife is, is solid and his wife would never cheat on him and things like that. He was more upset about him saying he was going to kill him. So I can understand that. You know, Connor always takes, takes things too far. But the one thing I do like about the sport, is so beautiful about the sport, is that... Um, 
you know, it's like, it's like the actions speak louder than the words. So, you know, Connor can huff and puff and say all these crazy things. And yeah, the fans like myself will buy into it. You know, we'll, we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get sucked into this and we'll buy the fight or we'll watch the fight and we'll buy into the hype. But eventually that hype train dies. If you can't fight, if you can't win your fight, uh, eventually even somebody like Conor McGregor, even then that, that hype train will die down. If he loses to Dustin Poirier in the rematch, his value goes down a little bit. And all that, you know, all those like crazy comments he makes saying, I'm going to kill this guy. He's going to go out in a coffin and this, that, and the third. Eventually those comments lose value. And the fighter who actually wins the fight, you know, gets more value. And Conor McGregor is actually doing Dustin Poirier a favor by bringing more value to his name. So it's it's kind of a double-edged sword. You know, he's, he's giving uh, value to these fighters who don't have as much money as, Dustin, as uh, Conor McGregor does and don't have as much, you know, influence as Conor McGregor does. He's bringing value to their name. He's making their, their pay raises go up. Uh, you know, Dustin Poirier made approximately a million dollars off of this fight. You know, Conor McGregor made $20 million off of this fight. So he's helping these fighters get paid. He's bringing more attention to their name. He's helping the sport by, you know, raising value to the pay-per-views and things like that. And he's also, you know, he's also diminishing himself if he loses and it brings more light to the other fighters. And it it also, you know, shows that he's human because in a lot of ways, he's kind of like an actor, you know, in a movie, there's always the, the superhero that never loses a fight or, you know, never loses anything, always wins in the end. And that's not real life. So he has that kind of that, that uh, superstar persona. And a lot of times we buy into it, but, you know, he loses and he shows that he's human time and time again. He can say all the crazy things he wants. He can say he's going to destroy his opponents, this, that, and the third. But if he doesn't deliver in the cage, his value goes down. So that's what's beautiful about this sport. You can say whatever you want, but if you don't win the fights, eventually you lose your value. So, you know, the the true champion will win in the end. The guy who works the hardest, the guy who has the most talent is going to win in the end. So it's just it's just a very fair game in a lot of ways. So And a lot of times it's unfair because people get injured, but it's fair in the sense that the better man wins usually. So whatever Conor gets is what he'll deserve. And Conor McGregor actually made the comment. He said, oh, somebody, he said he's going to get carried out in the stretcher on this fight. And ironically, he was the one that got carried out on the stretcher on the fight. So, you know, a lot of people were saying that was karma. He got what was coming to him. So we'll see what happens for Conor McGregor. You know, eventually all that disrespect, all that hype behind him, eventually that flame is going to die down and he's going to have to accept that. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter how, how crazy you talk. It doesn't matter what type of threats you make. It doesn't matter how much trash you talk in a press conference. It doesn't matter how well you promote yourself. If you can't win the fight, your value goes down. So it's kind of cool to watch um, somebody who kind of has a superhuman persona, you know, get leveled down to having a human persona. This sport will humble people very easily. You know what I mean? And um, to be fair to Conor, too, I think that if Conor lost fair and square in this fight, like if he really got TKO'd, I think he would have been much more humble after the fight. And I think that actually probably would have been very good for Conor McGregor's character. I think he would have, you know, took the fight more. Uh, he would have been more professional about his loss. And it maybe probably would have made him a better person. But unfortunately, it ended like this with his leg breaking. Maybe this is a wake-up call from God to say, hey, man, you know, people get injured. This is a brutal game. You have you have $100 million in the bank right now. You know, you have no business doing this. You need to focus on what's important in life right now, your family, your business, things like that. It could be a sign from God, or it could just be God saying, hey, man, you made threats about this guy. You said you were going to kill him. You were disrespectful towards his wife. And now, you know, now, now you're injured. Now I'm showing you that you're human and you need to be a better person. Who knows? You know, God works in mysterious ways. So who knows the result of this? But um, 
you know, we, we will see what the final outcome will be. We shall see what the final outcome will be. But, you know, there's going to be a lot, you know, a lot of other fights coming up on this card. You know, for Dustin Poirier in the 155 division, he can fight Oliveira. Um, I guess there's Chandler behind that. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens in the future. Um, we shall see. We're not going to see Conor McGregor for a long time in the future. But um, we, we will see what the future holds for, for Conor McGregor. Shout out to Dustin Poirier for winning the fight. Um, I know he has a bright future ahead of him. The other thing I wanted to discuss, too, was the controversy that Conor McGregor, uh, he didn't, you know, he said he's going to make a donation to to Dustin Poirier's charity. I'm not you know, familiar with the name of his charity, but he said that he was going to make a donation to his charity, and he never did. So Dustin Poirier uh, made a tweet saying, you know, I haven't received the money from my foundation from Conor McGregor. And then Conor McGregor didn't donate to his foundation until Dustin Poirier called him out on that. So I don't know if that was just, you know, Conor McGregor being busy and overwhelmed. And, you know, not sending the money to him or, you know, if Dustin jumped the gun too early or if Conor McGregor really was, uh, you know, not didn't plan on making that donation to his charity just because he was arrogant and didn't really care and, and only made the donation to his charity to, you know, you know, cover up for his mistake of forgetting to not do that. So I don't know. You know, that, that's a little controversial both ways. But, um, you know, Dustin Poirier in the interview with, with Joe Rogan after after the fight, he described Conor McGregor as a dirtbag. You know, rightfully so, because all the comments he made and because he was using, he was pulling his gloves to, you know, throw the up kicks, which is, you know, which is cheating pretty much. You know, Dustin Poirier showed a lot of class. And the funny part was Joe Rogan literally sat down against the cage, you know, put his back against the cage with Conor McGregor to interview him after the fight. While Conor McGregor sat there with a brace on his leg after, you know, breaking his tibula in, in extreme physical pain. And he interviewed him, and Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor just kind of sounded like a psycho. He was saying, you know, this is not over. This is not over. Your wife is in my DMs. You know, he was saying all types of crazy stuff. It was really crazy to watch. And Conor McGregor, you know, compared himself to Scarface. You know, there's a scene in the movie Scarface where, uh, you know, Scarface is, like, injured. He's got a sling on his arm. He's all beat up. And he says, you need people like me. And if you've seen the movie Scarface, you'll know what I'm talking about. You know, Scarface was kind of this psychotic character who, uh, you know, is, like, very, you know, power, money-hungry. It's a little bit creepy that, you know, Conor McGregor compares himself to somebody like that because that's kind of the character that he is, you know, a very crazy, powerful, money-hungry psycho. It's not really a good person to be, you know what I mean? That, that was an evil villain, and um, Conor McGregor's starting to, you know, present himself as an evil villain, and a lot of people are seeing through his class, his classlessness and things like that. I understand it's an entertainment industry, but I kind of like the fact that the bad guy loses in this situation, too. You know, when he fought Khabib, he made a lot of comments about Khabib, his religion, he said all time, he made fun of his father, who's dead now, rest in peace to his father. He made a lot of comments about Khabib, and the karma was, you know, he got choked out unconscious, and he got beat in front of, you know, you know, hundreds of, you know, thousands of people, and millions of people watching the fight around the world. And, you know, that was a, a brutal situation, too. He threw a, a metal dolly into a bus of fighters, you know, trying to harm Khabib Nurmagomedov. Um, you know, he brought, he flew out his his entire, you know, fight crew to fight Khabib, you know, over something very silly because Khabib confronted one of his fighters, Artem LaBeouf, in, in, in one of the hotel lobbies. And it, it was a very crazy situation. He put a lot of people at risk, you know, when he did that. You know, they were throwing chairs and dollies at this bus of fighters that were getting transported back to their, I guess, to their their, their, their rooms or wherever they were staying at after they waited in for their fights. So these guys were drained. And Connor, you know, he put everybody at risk on, on that bus. Um, you know, when he threw that metal dolly into the bus to try to, you know, try to hit Khabib or whatever, 
I mean, the dolly missed one of the fighters' faces by a couple inches. That could have literally killed him. We're talking about a metal, probably like a 150-pound metal dolly being launched full speed out at a window. If it would have hit one of the, you know, fighters' heads that was on the bus, it probably could have gave them a major concussion or, or killed them early. And unfortunately, it didn't. A glass shattered everywhere. You know, people on the bus were injured. They had nothing to do with the fight. The only fighter that I can think of was Michael uh, Chiesa. Uh, he had to get stitches in his face, but glass flew into some of the eyes of the fighters. It was a very dangerous situation. He put a lot of people at risk. What he did was really ridiculous. And um, it was a really bad situation. And, you know, Connor was 100% responsible for that. So Connor's always been the bad guy. But in the end, Khabib beat him. And in the end, Dustin Poirier beat him. So it's, it's kind of a moral victory for people watching. You know, they get to see the guy who has more class, more professionalism, actually wins the fight. So it's a double-edged sword. It's showing, you know, the guy who's more respectable, the guy who shows more class is actually beating the, you know, the bad guy. And a lot of times that's better in that situation for, for the kids watching. They can say, oh, well, I can act like an idiot, but I'll lose the fight. You know what I mean? I need to be a respectful, you know, competitor when I want to be an athlete in whatever sport I compete in. So it's a double-edged sword. And the reason why I say it's a double-edged sword, the other side is, you know, him acting crazy and saying all these crazy things to promote the fight and doing all this ridiculous behavior. It's what sells the fight in the first place. It's what, you know, got the fight to the level it is in the first place. So it is what it is. It's a double-edged sword. But in the end, I think the good guy will win. The guy who works harder, the guy who trains harder wins in the end. And, um, you know, that's just kind of how the how the, how the the road goes sometimes, unfortunately. Or, or fortunately, however you look at it. But I hope to see Conor McGregor a couple more times before he retires. I think he's on his last legs. I think he has a couple more fights. If he can beat Dustin Poirier... I think his next fight will be against Nate Diaz. Uh, if he loses to Dustin Poirier, I think he might want to retire or maybe try to you know fight one of the other lower guys in the division, maybe Justin Caichi or um, you know Michael Michael Chesea. Oh no, Michael Chiesa. I believe that's how you say his name, Michael Chiesa. Um, and don't get me wrong, neither one of those guys are slouches. Those are both very hard fights for McGregor. But I think that he's on his last set of legs. I think we're going to see him fight maybe one or two more times and I think he's going to retire soon that's just my thoughts a lot of things can happen it's probably going to be 18 months before he's ready to fight again that's just my personal opinion but that's just a recap the Dustin Poirier Conor McGregor trilogy and the unfortunate way it had to end but that's just how the fight game fight game goes sometimes guys